Well, good morning. I am so excited to be here, of course, again with you all. And this might just get in my way of moving, you know. Um, but I totally echo what Loreen is saying. I just want to say kudos to you for finishing this study, for finishing strong. I think it has been a great study, and I hope that we have been challenged. I hope that we have been challenged and encouraged to know what we believe and why we believe it and to be able to articulate it as we close our time together today, there are just a couple of things that I hope and pray that we're gonna take with us. I mean, we've got six weeks full of material, right? I'm not gonna cover all of it, but a couple of things just kind of rise to the top. So let's pray and just ask the Lord to, to be with us in our time this morning. Lord, we just praise your holy name. We are grateful for your word and the truth in it. Lord, just penetrate our hearts that we may just um, overflow with the joy of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 1, verses 7 to 14. If you could just flip there, we will be sitting in there just a little bit this morning as we wrap up. But first off, as we finish this morning, the, the thing that I just hope that we're going to take away is this. We get to speak the gospel to people. We get to share. We get to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. How privileged are we? How exciting is that, that we get to tell others about the hope that is in us. What a privilege. We get to communicate with people that God loves them. You get to take that message to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your neighbors. I ask you, what could be better? What could be better? I hope that as, as you recall and you just look at all the, the pieces that we learned about conversations, about knowing what we believe, about being good listeners and asking good questions, that the, the thing behind it, the best thing that's pushing us forward, the reason why our heart is even open to that is because Jesus Christ is the hope and we get to tell others about it. What a privilege we have. 2 Timothy 1, verses 7 to 14. I'm not going to read them all. I would love to. I would love to just sit here, write in this passage, and study the whole thing this morning. But we have so much to cover that we're, we're just going to um, just kind of actually not cover the whole thing at this moment. There it is. There it is. All right. Second Timothy chapter 1. So in this one, Timothy is being encouraged to be strong in his faith, to remember what he believes. 
And verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Denise spoke on, on the fear, not, not being afraid and being able to speak out because we have power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. But he, Paul is saying he is suffering according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling according to his own purpose, with the grace that was given to you and to me through Jesus Christ from all eternity. This is the hope, this is the truth that we get to share, ladies. Verse 12, I just wanted to pop over to verse 12, and I just, this is, it's a great um, sum up, I think. For this reason, I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Can we say these words? Can you say these next words? For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. My very being, my soul, my salvation, I have entrusted to God, and I am convinced and I believe that he will guard it until that day. How exciting is that, ladies? He's encouraging him. He's encouraging him to remember to be strong in the faith and the love which are in Christ Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus all the time. And guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you and to me. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ has been entrusted to you. And you and I have the privilege of sharing that with others. And so I ask you, are we filled up with these truths? Do they stir our hearts? Because if we're simply trying to give an answer to a question without conviction or a changed life, It will sound empty and hollow. At the end of the day, we are speaking, we are imparting the overflow of our hearts. I heard this quote many a zillion years ago, it seems like, when I was a young mom. You cannot impart what you do not possess. You cannot impart what you do not possess. Ladies, we want these words to be true for us. So that whether we are talking to family, friends, the culture, seekers, who, whomever, we first must be changed and overwhelmed by Jesus Christ and his salvation and the hope of eternal life with him. We need to be grounded in that. 
Because there are some challenging questions out there, hard questions, and we must have a framework with which everything goes through the grid of the truths that we believe. And it's from that that we step out to answer the tough questions that are coming. And some of you have gone ahead and submitted some of those questions as we encouraged you to do. We want to be wrestling with the questions that so many are asking. And here's the truth, that as we step into conversation, we need to have wrestled with those, those questions. We will need to be depending on the character of God, on his promises, on what we believe to be true in his word. That's the grid that we are filtering through as we share the hope with those that God brings in our past, in our path. We're going to look at some of those questions that you have submitted this morning. And I want to do my best to give you an answer to them. Please know, it's not going to be the whole answer. These are big questions, friends. But I want it to lead you back to a foundation that your roots would grow deep in God through these questions. We don't need to be afraid of them. And we also have um, given you, that uh, will be on each of your tables for each of you to take home, a handout with answers to these questions from our own pastor, Jeff Frazier, and our Laura Tarot. And so it's something that you will have in your hand that you can read and go over and mull over. And they have included many scriptures in there. And I'm going to challenge you. It is not, we have not given you that so that when somebody asks you the question that you're like, just a minute, let me get my hand out. Okay, so here it is. No, no. It's a starting point to learn more about God and how we are going to answer those questions. And it's encouraged you to look up the verses, to study, to continue on, to encourage you to want to know more. So let's jump on in. Let's not wait any longer, shall we? We got a few questions, and some of them uh, dovetailed into each other. These three were uh, kind of a good overview of what we got. Why would a good God do whatever? Why, why would my friend, my family member get cancer? Why would God allow something bad to happen if he is good? Got question of why believe in God anyway? And why do prayers go unanswered? We're going to try and step into these this morning. And I just wanted to start with these are excellent questions, and they come up. Because everyone, no matter who you are, no matter which walk of life you go, 
Everyone will encounter pain and suffering and loss in this life. And so we want to know, did God cause it? Did he make it happen? What, what is that? First, I want to say, let's remember that as we are learning and we are coming across answers, let's remember that these questions often come from a place of heartache and loss. May our first response be to wrap them up in a hug, to love them well, to grieve and cry with them, to say, I, I don't know. I know that I love you and I'm here for you. I know God loves us and is here with us. Let us be wise. That is not the time when we are going to give a theological answer. That is the time when we are going to be sensitive and just love a person in the grief that is, that is very real and that we all will experience. I'm sorry is our first response. This is imperative that we know what we believe to be true about God in times of crisis. That is how we can best reach out. Here is what we know to be true. God is good. God is good. That even in the midst of loss and pain, we know that the presence of loss and pain does not equal the absence of God. The presence of loss and pain does not equal that God is not good. Those are not, that's not an equation that because one is happening, the other must be true. God is our ever-present help in time of need. He is loving and merciful. And if this is our grid, if this is what we are filtering everything through, we can hopefully move to other questions and statements. God has entered into our suffering. He is well acquainted with grief and pain. Here in what, where, where we live, I think that sometimes we have a skewed, skewed, I don't, I don't even know if that's the right word, but we think that the absence of pain and suffering means that our life is blessed and that we must be doing something right and that all is good. That's not a realistic picture of life. Jesus told us over and over, in this life, you will have suffering, you will have trials, you will have tribulations. But he says, but fear not, or be of great courage, because I have overcome the world. As we are looking, if 
we look at life, that the greatest end all is to not have pain and suffering, then when we see it happen, everything's in shambles. But if we realize that with God, his greatest good, the highest goal is love. His love shown to us, his love for us, so that we can learn to love him and to know him, then he can and will use both pain and suffering to open us up to the greatest thing, which is to know and love him. Even amidst the worst. God does not cause evil. God did not create sin. In our world, he created in the beginning the perfect place. When sin entered the world, the world began to break down. Death and decay touched everything. Nothing was exempt. The possibility of God, his, his desire was that we would, even amidst that, that we would be able to experience his great love, his love for us. And without the option of choice, there, there is no love. We are not immune to the bad things because we are believers. That does not give us a little hedge of protection. It would be nice, wouldn't it? If we have the choice to come here to study God's word, to follow him, to love him and obey him, we have the very same choice not to, as does everyone in the world, to not obey him, to not follow him, to follow out their own agenda. And some things come in the world, some pain and suffering comes because of our, our own, we bring it on ourselves, would that be fair to say? I make bad choices sometimes. My sin, the consequences, some of the difficulties in my life come as a result of my own choices. Not all of them. Some of them come because of a broken world, the decay and death that is in it, disease, accidents. And some of it comes because of the other evil choices that others can make. And we are in the, the wake of their choices. We, it, it is not because of anything we have done. And those are the hard things to be able to wrap our minds around without God. 
Without him, all is lost. There, there is no meaning. Here is what we know. That this world is not all there is. This is not the end. We believe in the hope of heaven and eternal life with God. Yes, pain and suffering. God does allow as a result of the the choices of others, the decay of the world, but he does not leave us alone to walk in that. God will, God will judge and make all things right. He is righteous, he is just, That is a part of his character as well. If we just focus on the one piece and we think if bad things happen, he cannot be good, we are limiting ourselves. We're not seeing the whole of who he is. He is just, he is good, and he is merciful. And there will be a time when all of that will be made right. And for today, the difficult part is, is ladies, we are not gonna have a two plus two equals four equation to answer the world. We are not going to have a two plus two equals four equation even to answer you and me as we wrestle with these things. So what do we do? We have to know, we have to go back to what we know. This is our foundation now, this is our grid. That God said that even in the midst of that, he will not leave us or forsake us. He points us to his victory over the world through his death and resurrection. And we look at what is to come, and that is our hope. Because at some time, he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more sorrow or pain. But today, he promises to walk with us. He won't leave us alone. Why hasn't he ended it yet? Why hasn't he ended it yet then? Just end it, Lord, the evil and the pain. Because his greatest, his heart is for the greatest thing, his love. His desire is that no one should perish. No one. Peter tells us that he holds back his wrath on the world so that more people could come to him before his judgment comes, before his righteousness covers it all. There will be a day but he holds it back because his heart is that none should perish. You and me, we get to take the gospel to the world that none should perish. You and I have the hope. Let's not keep it to ourselves. God is waiting. 
His heart is for those out there. He's waiting for more and more to have the opportunity to call on the name of Jesus and to be saved. And you and I have the hope within us. Let's not be stingy. Let's be bold. We have been given a spirit of power and love and discipline. Let's go. I want to skip down to the why the prayers go unanswered. Because after I had typed this and after I was going over it again, I decided that I liked that order better. So, why do prayers go unanswered? And, and it made me think, I wonder if there are some prayers that appear to go unanswered, but could it be that it's just not the answer we were hoping for? There are many answers to prayer that we do get to see. Have you seen some answers to prayer? I want to challenge you. Be bold and ask God for things that match up with his will, that he would bring women to your path that you may share the good news with, that you may tell about Jesus the truth. Pray that prayer. See the answer. Many answers to prayer we get to see. But because we cannot see all the answers does not mean that they will never be answered. Some answers are no. Some are wait. Some are just not answered in the way we wanted it to be answered. And so we say that they are unanswered. But perhaps, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, Perhaps the Lord knew better. And I think that sometimes as some of the prayers that I, I pray and I think, Lord, I'm really trying to look at this through your eyes and, and I don't see how this could be bad if you answered it this way. In the way that I'm hoping with everything in my being I just don't see how it could be bad. But here's the thing. The truth is, this is what I can see. This little itty bitty thing. This is what God sees. The whole and his heart is for all to come to him, for all who are his to know him and love him more. And when we look around, the truth of the matter is that I often grow more in the valley than I do on the mountaintop. And I remember praying for my little ones when they were little. And I would just beg God to protect them physically. Please, Lord, please, don't let anything happen to them. All the things in the world, right? We're not going to go over those today. 
But that mama's heart knows that fear. And I remember sometimes being paralyzed, thinking, trying to reconcile the fact that I knew that God could protect them. But I also know that there was no guarantee that nothing would ever happen to them. And I was wrestling with this tension. And I didn't know what to do with it. Because I wanted a guarantee, don't you? And the Lord let me um, have lunch, actually, one summer day with uh, Ravi Zacharias. And it was just, I thought, here it is, this great man of God, he's going to give me the answer. And so I told him, I, I, tell me how to pray. Just tell me how to pray. By golly, give me the formula, right? Tell me the right way. I just so want protection for my little ones. And this is what he told me. You have to trust in the character of God. Your children couldn't be safer than in the hands of God. But you, as the mom, have to trust in who he is. I'm going to admit to you, I was kind of disappointed with that answer. I thought to myself, oh, gee. Uh, Seriously? I just didn't know how that was going to help my heart. But I decided I would do what he said. I was that desperate. I was desperate enough to seek out, I need to know who God is then. And so I did. I did a Bible study on the character of God. I looked up scripture to point me in that direction time after time. I read everything I could get my hands on. And I was in his word, looking up the verses and seeing how he moved here and he moved there. And as I got to know him, my heart trusted him more. I loved him so much. And I rested in the truth of who he is, that he is love and he is merciful and he is holy and good and faithful and on and on. And he taught me that he loves my children even more than, he, than, than I do. He loves them more. And that his heart is for the greatest good that they would know his love and that they would love him. And he opened my eyes to the desire of his heart for my children. And he opened my eyes and my heart's desire for my children that that became the greater. And I wasn't so afraid when they walked through their valleys. My heart broke for them. But I was on my face in prayer. God, don't let this valley be in vain for them. Bring them to know you more. Bring them to love you more. Show them, come alongside them in only a way that you can, that I never could, even if I could follow them around and try to protect them their whole life.
God, help me to pray differently. Help me to trust in who you are when I can't see. The Lord just gave me this beautiful reminder as my father has been very sick. And uh, we just feel like we're going through the valley of the shadow. It's not yet. He's, he's home. He's just so weak. And um, it's been a very challenging couple of weeks. And the Lord just brought this to remind me that he is our good shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I remember a teaching that as the, the shepherd has that staff and his rod and the sheep would follow him and sometimes they would have to go through dark places where it was so dark. And do you know what he does with that? His rod, he bangs on the rocks that they're walking through. So that the sheep hear and they know he is with them even though they can't see him. And their senses, his knocking, gave them a, a, a sense of direction of where they were going. And it would calm them to remind them that the shepherd is with them. And in those times sitting in his hospital room, and when it's so dark and I just look and I'm like, I can't see you anywhere, Lord. I cannot see. Would it hurt to heal him? And then I hear, and he reminds me, you're not alone. Your dad is not alone. I am with you. I am with you. This is my perspective. My teeny, tiny, mud-covered lens. God's is huge and clear and true. The God of the universe who spoke, who spoke a word and there was light and there was life. This is the God who is with us. This is the God who is in us. I will trust in his character. Why do I believe in God? Why? How can I not? There is too much evidence for me. You will have to say, as somebody asks you, why would you believe in God? For me, there is too much evidence. God tells us in Romans, there is enough evidence in creation and his glory strewn about the earth that no man has an excuse for not knowing that God is. But I have seen him work. In creation, in the, the, we see, in the world that's studied, there is too much to be denied that there is not a creator. There was a man named Jesus who lived and died and rose again. There is evidence of his life and his death. I'm not believing a fairy tale. Jesus is alive. I know him. I have seen him work in me and through me and in you and through you. Just as the verse that we just looked at, 
I know and I am convinced of who I have believed. As we end on our theme verse, here's what I pray for us, ladies. First, we sanctify, we set apart Christ as Lord in our hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks and pray that everyone does ask. You to give an account for the hope that is in you, for Jesus Christ who is in you, for the spirit of God that lives and dwells in you. You get to give an account. You get to give a defense. You get to speak the truth about our great God. Yes, with gentleness and reverence, and how could it be anything else? Because we will be so filled up with God's love that it's the love that pours out on those that we speak to. Ladies, it doesn't matter how much we engage the culture. We need to engage the culture. Don't get me wrong. But if we're just engaging the culture just to answer this question and this question, but we don't have love, we're not sharing the love of God. It's a hollow, empty message. Because without the gospel, without Jesus Christ, there is no hope. So this summer, what will you do? My prayer is that even in in answering these questions as I've attempted to do or just to give you food for thought, to spur you on, to study more. On the back of your note sheet, I have um, listed some names. By golly, look up their little podcast. Learn a little bit more. Some of them are only six or seven minutes. Moms, when you're cleaning, when you're running around with the kids, play one. Listen. To them, make sure that they're reputable people. That you, you know, lo- you don't know what's out there on the internet is what I'm trying to say. How great fun for when you turn those on and your child will say, oh, "That's Ravi Zacharias. I know that voice." Read, do some reading this summer. I would encourage you to do that. Ladies, on the back of our prayer sheet, did you know on the back of this sheet right here? The character of God with verses. Our dear Pat Entz prays, I think it's one a week. She's been doing that for years upon years upon years. The woman's roots are deep into who her God is. May we be women of faith that know our God. That's our grid. That's what everything goes through, who he is. would encourage you to, to be there, to, to read, to do something that you would be inspired to grow more in your knowledge. Whichever area, you're all in different places. Are you going to grow in God's character? Are you going to grow in knowing more about apologetics? Are you going to grow more in knowing about the different religions and what they, what they believe? Are you going to grow more in knowing the Gospels and knowing who Jesus is? What is it? Pick one. That's my challenge for you this summer. 
Read through the Gospel of John. I try and read that twice a year at least. Why? Because I, it just gives me such a beautiful picture of Jesus and it keeps him right in my mind over and over, the truths about him. Listen to it while you're doing your hair. It's my challenge to you, ladies. Let's continue to know God and to love him. Would you pray for him to bring women to you? Step out in the faith. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and discipline. Step out in it, ladies. And my prayer is that God, that we would sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts. May we always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks to give an account for the hope that is in us. Lord, may we share about Jesus Christ. May we tell others the good news. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.